Good afternoon, or morning, or evening, or whenever you may be listening to this. You are listening to Adventures with Eric, and this is Eric Derbyshire, regaling you with tales of my youth. Today, we're going to listen to part one of chapter 32, Riding the Rails. Yes, we are back to the train cars. Here we go. After the incident with Chuck, we went to the boxcars often. My parents still didn't want me there, but they didn't know we were going. And I didn't feel it was necessary to mention it. It seemed safer to go after having my parents there, and we had done a bunch of things at the boxcars with the adults helping. The problem was my parents had a better understanding of safe than I did. We had to take Bernie and Scott to see the boxcars and tell them the story about Chuck. With Bernie and Scott, we came up with ways of getting into the closed cars. We brought ladders from Scott's place. His dad even helped us carry them out to the rail cars. His dad never had the same idea of safe as other parents. Once we had ladders, we were able to get high enough to pull on the handle to open the big sliding door. Most of the cars didn't really have anything in them, but made great places to play. We were cowboys and train robbers, bandits and Pinkerton agents guarding treasure. Boxcars were the equivalent to having a treehouse or fort, an excessively big treehouse or fort, connected to other treehouses and forts. We each could have our own. The most memorable time was the last time we ever went to the rail cars, and there is a reason it was the last time. Bernie, Scott, Spud, and I had packed picnic lunches, as well as canteens full of water. A good thing, too, for we ended up needing them. When we got to the cars, there were three more added to the ones that were already there. This was extra exciting because of the possibility of there being new stuff, and we were not disappointed. The first new car had a, a couple of big spools of rope and several silver, silver cans of railway drinking water. They looked like pop cans, but had water inside instead. The next car was full of lumber, so full that there was nowhere for us to go in the car. Spud, because he was so thin, could shimmy between the wall and the lumber, but that wasn't really good for anything. The last car had boxes of glass things that we could see were on the lines that ran beside the railway tracks. There were enough boxes that we could run around them chasing each other. We had left our packs by the door. Some of the boxes were stacked high enough that we could hide behind them. We had been running around the boxes, yelling and laughing while chasing each other for quite some time when there was a big crash. The whole box car moved backwards. Scott, who was near one of the walls, was thrown backward and hit his head on the wall. He hit the floor and didn't move. We ran to him and turned him from his side to his back. By this time, we were calmed down enough to hear that there was a train engine close to where we were. I think they have coupled the car and are going to move them, Spud said. We have to get out of here. I said, thinking of the stories my dad had told about people losing body parts by getting them caught in the parts of moving rail cars. We can't leave Scott here, Bernie said. Scott was out cold. I was surprised he wasn't snoring. 
I lightly slapped him on the face while saying his name. He didn't wake up. Next, Spud got one of the cans of water, popped the top, and poured some into Scott's face. This seemed to work. Scott started coming around. The problem was that while we were doing this, the boxcar had started to move. Wow, did I ever hit my head, Scott said as he sat up. Are you okay? The three of us asked, almost in unison. Scott was nodded. Scott nodded an affirmative and then stood up. His standing didn't last long, and he had to sit back down. Actually, I don't feel very well, Scott said. We couldn't leave him, so we sat with him, trying to think what we should do. The speed which the boxcar was moving had become quite fast. We all looked toward the door and realized we were off the spur line and on the regular rail tracks. We would be heading downtown any minute. We went to the door and looked out. It didn't seem overly fast until we looked directly down and could see how fast the earth was going past. Dutchie's store moved past us. I could see Mike Pearson sitting on the steps. He didn't look that menacing compared to being stuck in a moving boxcar. He glanced at us as the car went by and went back to drinking his pop. We were in trouble. The boxcar continued to pick up speed. Spud and Bernie were sitting in the doorway. Scott was lying down with his head resting on Spud's backpack. I knew things could only get worse from here. Have any ideas on what we should do? I asked Bernie. We can't do much until the train slows down. Any idea of where it is headed? All I know is pa trains pass through here, I replied. Spud spoke up. If anyone would know where the train was going, it would be Spud. I think this must be considered a full car. Most of the wood from here gets taken to the coast to be loaded on ships. I bet that is where we are headed. I had always wanted to go to the coast, but not this way. All right, riding the rails, just like hobos back in the 30s. All we need now are brown paper bags with bottles in them and a guitar. It was Scott talking, and he must have been feeling better. At least that is the way riding the rails looks on TV. Do you know if this train stops anywhere between here and the coast, I asked. Well, it must slow down or even stop at the next town, and that is only 10 miles from here. Ten miles? My dad is going to kill me, I said. Kill you? My folks just started letting me hang out with you guys again. I can guarantee that with this, I won't see you guys until I am 50, Bernie stated. Then with a totally different perspective, I heard Scott's voice from inside the rail car. I knew right away it had to be Scott talking, because none of us were thinking the way he was. But we should have been, because he was right. Ah, oh, come on, you guys. Let's enjoy this while we can. It can be a great time. Let's not worry until we manage to get off. And then we can think about how to get home. This is going to be a great adventure. Spud was the first to respond. You know what? I think he's right. Let's enjoy this while we can. If we spend all our time worrying about what is going to happen then we will miss out on the fact that we are riding the rails. This will end part one. Please join me again sometime in the near future to listen 
to the conclusion of riding the rails. <laughs>